Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Do Epic Shit Today podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Gilbert, and I'm so pumped to have you join us. First and foremost, this is a place of positive empowerment, optimistic energy, dope ideas, self-starters, and essentially a podcast dedicated to those who do epic shit on the daily. Feel free to check us out on Instagram and on our website, tallishx.com, for more optimistic content, dope swag, and a place where you can feel uplifted. We release our podcast every Thursday at 8 a.m., so feel free to follow us on Instagram for those notifications and updates. Thanks so much for joining, and let's get to it. Blast off. Just kidding. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the Do Epic Shit Today podcast. I'm here with Mr. Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, Hannah. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for joining. Um, before I pass the mic over to Matt, just to talk about the different outlook on how to train your brain, and it specifically applies to sports, um, I wanted just to give a brief background. So, and Matt, jump in here anytime if I'm missing anything. But you essentially had a background of computer engineering. When did sports, like when did you figure out what you wanted to to do and how did this come to be this amazing reflection tool, which for those that are listening and you haven't heard about it, I seriously recommend, especially for interested in sports, but it's a tool and there's several options and it's based on quizzes and tests that test your memory, um, reaction time. And it's more of the psychological aspect of sports. So it's this entirely new twist of how to train yourself, not just through running drills, practicing, but also taking a moment and like, okay, how is my brain doing? How can we rewire this to make it so I'm even more efficient? Yeah. So, um, you know, we would call reflection a neuro training company. And what that means Mm. is that we train visual and cognitive skills that athletes as well as the general population use every day. So reaction time, peripheral vision, inhibition, mental flexibility, um, and so on. And, Personally, I've, I've always viewed myself um, as a builder and have always been interested in engineering and prior to the company was developing strength augmentation apparatuses for people who had stroke um, in order to, to increase um, their, their kind of return to everyday living and increase strength in, in their limbs and that sort of thing. Uh, we started the company Reflection actually when my co-founder and I were juniors in high school. And my co-founder slid headfirst into the boards during an ice hockey game. And he was at breakaway speed. His coach put him on the bench and he said, where are you? What year is it? And who's president? And that was really the entirety of their idea of taking care of his brain. And we um, essentially thought that we could do better. So we, we set out to, to build reflection and take what was already out there in terms of uh, general scientific know-how about how to train and assess these different visual and cognitive skills that we now call neuro skills. And we simplified what worked very well at the highest levels of sports and in healthcare and packaged it in a way that is much more accessible to athletes everywhere. And the way that that works is that we developed a set of drills that focus on all those skills. And those drills take place, as you mentioned, on a couple of lightboard based touchscreens that we have. Um, so there's the edge, which is this 
portable two by six foot touchscreen that uses its entire size in order to uh, in order to access an athlete's entire field of view and incorporate peripheral vision. So you can think of this like a, a very widescreen portable TV in some way. And then we have Flex, which is much more like a TV that you would normally have at home. It's actually meant for home so that when athletes are, are not at a training facility, they're able to use our technology as well. That's awesome. <laughs> it's crazy that, you know, and a lot, I feel like a lot of this happens as well, that a blip in your life or like a huge in injury is very much a wake up call of like, okay, something needs to change. And so like, good on you for like, yeah, oh, there's, there's certainly you know? a long way to go, but we've, we've made a dent in the problem. Yeah, that's very true. And especially with, as the years progress, there's more focal points on concussions and the brain and how can we make sure we protect it, especially in contact sports. So um, I took these few points off your website and maybe we could talk, I, I termed it a muggle terms to kind of break it down even further for those who aren't, you know, that aware of rewiring your brain and kind of recreating these pathways for, you know, quicker reaction times and things like that. So I have, I have three notes. So it's an advanced cognition training and assessment system. Is that the main focal point is like how through memory, the cognitive exercises, um, because I, I did watch quite a bit of demos and it's how, how fast can you tap certain things? And then also, can you remember? Right. So neuro is a confusing topic for a lot of people. And the way that I like to describe it is through an analogy to strength training. So when you think of strength training, right, at the, at the base level, under, underpinning any, any sort of strength training you would do, you have the skeleton and, and muscles that uh, in some in some way you were you were born with right so you have some base biology there that you are then uh, training that tissue on on top of with strength training and when you're doing strength training what you're basically doing is you know you're kind of tearing apart muscles a little bit at at a time and they build back and get stronger and so on by using them right so you use them mm -hmm. and by biological pathway they they kind of grow over time by tearing and, and rehealing and so on. Um, and by doing that, you're able to increase your ability to lift things. And in sports, of course, that, that translates to the field. And neuro is very much the same way. Now, your your brain primarily uses your eyes as input. And that's a, that's a really, um, uh, maybe an oversimplification, but your eyes are actually the only part of your brain that's outside the cranial vault, which is pretty amazing. And your brain is taking in so much information through your eyes. And so you can kind of think of your eyes as being that base level of what you're able to process through different neuro skills. So that boils down to things like your visual acuity. So this is 2020 vision. Do you need contacts? Do you need glasses? Some other sort of correction. But then there are higher level or kind of more abstract um, visual skills that build on top of that, right? So we have things like our visual acuity, but then that translates directly to your reaction time. So I see something, but now how quickly can I react to it? And how quickly I can react to something is somewhat of a function of how well I can see it and how, you know, how quickly it's a, I'm able to differentiate it from its surroundings and that sort of thing. Um, on top of that, you've got things like high hand, high hand coordination or inhibition where I'm deciding to do or to not do something based off of visual cues. 
And you can keep building these up, but um, I've explained a few of them to just give you sort of a taste. And those are the sort of skills that we both assess and train through different what we call drills, which are basically these gamified modules where um, you're dealing with visual stimuli that appear on a screen and you have to interact with them through touching them or swiping them or things that you're, you're somewhat familiar with. Yeah. I know. I also saw on your site that essentially 80% of game day mistakes are made before an athlete even moves a muscle. That's yeah, right. And that, that's... and that boils down to the exactly the same, um, the same principle that all so much of the information that your brain is dealing with is visual. Yeah, I mean, you you know how hard it is to go about your, your daily life if you would just close your eyes. Yeah, that's very true. And especially like I'm just thinking back, you know, to personal, you know, experiences, basketball, football. I mean, any well, anything really lacrosse, swimming, even like that initial jump off the diving board. That one shook me a little bit. I was like, OK, there's something here to unpack. So you mentioned some of the drills. So there's eye tracking, reaction time, hand eye coordination, crucial peripheral awareness. And that's just kind of where you're learning to keep your eyes on like the side of your head, make sure you maintain that. And then dynamic visual activity, contrast, contract sensitivity, focusing, and then depth perception. Yeah. So those are, those are basically all different neuro skills. And then what we do Mm -hmm. is we have individual drills that target those skills. So for example, you'll do a drill that works on contrast sensitivity or you'll do a drill that would will work on your focusing or prioritization um, etc so those are all individual skills that you're using and then we're developing these drills and assessments in order to train and assess them right so rather than so it's it's great for improvement but it's also great for prevention so i know you mentioned creating these different new pathways in your brain to kind of you know shortcuts, if you will. How does this necessarily translate to prevention? Is it if you come back from a concussion, are they good, you know, concussion tests? Is that where the prevention lies or is it having more of awareness of baseline? So we've actually shown in a study with Penn State's Center for Sport Concussion Research, and and this is published, um, that we can detect a concussion based off of reaction time and inhibition. And that's um, an important distinction to make is that we're able to detect a concussion. There's other research out of um, Scott Bruce's lab, I believe, at Arkansas State that's shown the same with our technology. There is uh, a lot of research out there that points to being able to decrease injury of various aspects by doing neurotraining as well. The University of Cincinnati actually showed a decrease of 80% in the incidence of concussion. So this is more on the prevention side by doing neurotraining, not specifically with our technology, but using the same uh, this, the same sorts of protocols and procedures. We've actually shown not only concussion injury uh, prevention, but we've been able to predict injuries in basketball and in football, mainly lower extremity injuries, just by measuring somebody's reaction time, um, and their inhibition and a few other visual and cognitive neuro skills, because what that what that really means and, and the reason for that is that if your reaction time is not up to par or you're not able to make proper decisions in time, right? So going back to 
most game day mistakes are, are made before an athlete even moves a muscle. If you're not able to process that information in time, that's when you're likely to get injured because you're not able to get out of the way or you're not able to angle your body correctly. That's really where that, um, where that, what that research has, has highlighted for us. Mm. Have you seen a lot of coaches keep this um, tool? I think it's the, is it the flex that's the collapsible? The, the edge is our, is our collapsible product. Okay. So is it, do you see a lot of um, folks will set that up on the side of the court or just as a preventative measure, like, Hey, you hit your head pretty head, like pretty gnarly, take a couple tests and then you can go back in just to be sure. Is that more of a future endeavor? That's not really our main area of focus. So that would be sort of point of care detection of an injury. Right. And Mm. most of the time, the way that people use our training or our product is for training and for priming. Um, there is some some assessment and detection that comes into play there, uh, but we're not an FDA approved device. And so when healthcare professionals or sports medicine doctors or so on are using our technology to make those conclusions, that's based on their expert opinion. And they might be using our technology to um, gain an idea of the athletes cognitive performance compared to what they know already from prior assessments. And that might inform some aspects of their decision. But what we've what what we typically see is that our products used in a strength training or weight room, and athletes are are doing drills as part of their normal training routine. So they're always doing this. They're establishing an ongoing baseline by doing our drills, and they're also improving that neuroperformance as well. Um, the second use case that we see, and this is this is more. Um, of the of the variety that you suggested is that they'll use our technology as a priming exercise. So the the Denver Nuggets, for example, will use us in the tunnel before a shoot around. And what they're doing there is that they're trying to get ready in order to go out on the court and get their brain turned on um, so that they're ready to perform. UCLA actually just uh, a couple of times on the on the Pac-12 network, you could have seen our our technology is yeah. there as well. So, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy cool. Okay. I see. So rather than more of a, um, a confirmation of injury, it's a, it's a guideline that can help those reach a, to a conclusion, but it's basically kind of priming and improving. I gotcha. That makes sense. And so essentially we've That's talked right. about, you brought up the, the, Oh, good, good, good. Um, the Denver nuggets. Talk to me how that came to be. That's, that's awesome. By the way, that's a huge win. Yeah, so we're, we we love working with Felipe there. Felipe Eichenberger um, is is really the is the head strength coach, and he, in fact, reached out to us. He he learned about us, I think, through one of our other customers, and we developed a really great relationship with him, um, where he's the first to do this in the NBA, and now we're starting to see um, some others start to to follow suit. That hopefully we can announce soon, and. That's, um, I think, a really great sign of, of how the training sophistication is advancing around neuro um, in, in very much the same way that strength training went from being something that was only done at the high levels of athletics and is now done by everybody. We're starting to see neuro gain this mass adoption at the high levels of sport and start to trickle down. And so the Nuggets are just another really great example of, of how that works in practice. And, and maybe we can find um, some way to link, but we, we have a... Uh, a case study that we just did with the Denver Nuggets where 
uh, maybe some of the viewers here can see how they use it um, in uh, in real life. Yeah, I could definitely link that in the um, in the description below. I'm gonna make a quick note of it. That's crazy awesome. And then you also have, you know, I watched because you have really these awesome YouTube videos as well. Your your YouTube channel is awesome because it really does show the intricate nature of reflection, either the edge or the flex, and how it's used differently in so many sports. So you see like Tony Kanan, uh, am I saying his last name right? You got it. Okay, sweet. He's a Brazilian motorsports race, uh, racing driver. He won the Indy 500. He actually incorporates that into you know his routine as well. Like I get on the bike, I go for a run. He does some test driving and then he uses the tool. And it's so crazy to see, but it, it you can see how it correlates. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We actually train a lot of the indie drivers these days. Um, and we have a, a few customers who actually um, are racing specific gyms where these drivers go to train. And so that's how Tony learned about our product. And it was actually just a, an amazing story. We went to, we went to shoot one of these case study videos for YouTube. Um, and we, we went to this gym pit fit training in Indianapolis, really great gym. It's ran, ran by a guy named Jim Leo. And we sat down with Tony as one of the drivers to, to do um, an interview. And it was so clear that Tony just absolutely loved the product from the beginning. And so we, we even brought him on board as an advisor, but uh, racing and motorsports in general has been a, has been a, a really great niche for us because there you're not just, you know, you think about driving on the highway where you're going maybe 60 miles per hour, but these, these drivers are going 200 plus around a, around a track and, you know, they're, oh, yeah. they're inches from each other. And so their reaction time and their inhibition, spatial memory all matter so much more than everyday life. Yeah. yeah that was a really cool. It, it's so great to see that like how many people use it differently. You know, you went from, you know, I watched the, Dem- the Denver Nuggets clip just kind of in the weight room, you know, incorporate that it's like strength training to then watching Tony. And then there's also a family that was a boxing family. They really liked martial arts. They liked to box. And they were also, they incorporated that into their routine. Talking a bit, you know, how, how you've interviewed and met with all these different, you know, types of athletes all over the world. What do you see next happening for Reflection? You know, there are a couple areas of focus for us. So we started from a concussion and we, as we've talked about here, have really found this, this, um, this very strong base of users that are focused on performance training and getting better, not just preventing or detecting injury, but also getting better at their game. And as we've seen that evolve and grow, we think it's part of a much broader shift for all of human performance. And again, just like strength training went from being something that top athletes would do to being something that everybody does, we think neurotraining will be much the same. And we think that at some point when um, it's, it's truly mainstream, it'll be part of everybody's daily routine. Um, and so focus for us right now is, is actually broadening our aperture um, in order to address aging, where we think that there are actually um, quite a few similarities to sport. And there's a tremendous opportunity to, to really better our society by improving our ability to detect neurodegenerative conditions 
um, like Alzheimer's and age-related dementia, uh, Parkinson's, and so on, and maybe even be able to improve outcomes for those individuals by doing this sort of training and using that same wire together, fire together, uh, or fire together, wire together um, kind of technique to improve their uh, neuroperformance. And then along with that is launching more and more accessible products that are focused at consumers. So right now our products are focused primarily at high-end athletics. There are consumers that use our product. There are actually quite a few consumers who use the product, uh, but it's still not as accessible as we'd like it to be, right? So the the Edge, um, which is our flagship portable product, costs $6,500 and subscriptions range from $50 a month for a consumer all the way up to over $3,000 for a, for a team. Um, and we have a few products that we'll be announcing later this year that will be at a much lower price point and be much more accessible to consumers of all levels so that no matter what an athlete's level is or what maybe a, an older adult who's trying to slow their cognitive decline, um, you know, what, the, what their financial resources are, they might have a way to engage with neurotraining in a way that um, is feasible for them. In addition to the flex and the edge, you do incorporate a bit of like, you know, you can have this on an iPad or you can, you know, download the app to your phone. So you're saying even further, like rather than require, you know, the edge or the flex, because those are quite large pieces of equipment. The flex is awesome. They're they're both great, but I, I definitely see where that could be beneficial. Yep, you'll, everyone will have to stay tuned for for the announcement that we'll be making later this year. But I promise that it will be very accessible um, for folks everywhere, and I think will will um, take us quite a few steps forward in in making neuro training mainstream for everyone. Going really quickly back to you know the entrepreneur mindset, we're going to be the ones that's going to make this tool, and we're going to push it into motion. So, do you remember that initial start of your journey? Yes. Um, and you know, that I think the answer is probably that that feeling came too quickly, but it's, it's almost this felt sense that we're going to be the team that's going to do it. And I think in some way, entrepreneurship is, is a dysfunction. <laughs> you know, right? It's, uh, it, it takes a, a certain kind of person to decide that they're going to completely devote a large, uh, you know, portion of their life to, um, to, to working towards such a, such a very hard goal that's you know very very focused around solving a single problem. And so um, for us, you know, after Matt's injury, I think something just clicked where we knew we were the team to do it, and we knew that there would be other people that we'd have to add to the team along the way: researchers, engineers, scientists, marketers, and so on. And um, we just started building. And I think. Uh, you know, every year we we look back and and see where we've come from, and it's it's um, always amazing. So I, I think at some point you're you're almost along for the ride, and you are steering the ship. But um, we we made that decision early on to just go 100, percent and it's uh, that's uh, that's all she wrote for now. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So that was essentially seven years ago. That's right. That's right. Woohoo! It was like, it's either seven or five, but I did, I, I did quite a bit of research and I saw like when you first took your, I think like the initial demo or like, all right, this is our test baby. Like, and you even got quite a few awards. So I, I looked through, it's awesome. Yes. And, and the first three or four years were all 
product development. You know, it, it takes it takes a lot to mm. get a product that is truly full stack all the way from bare metal, you know, uh, the design of the physical device all the way to the cloud-based analytics in a package that consumers will actually use and, and have a positive experience with, right? So um, that took a, a long amount yeah. of time. And then there's research that has to go along with it to prove that the device actually works, what the work that we've done at Penn State, the work that we've done at Arkansas State. Um, we actually didn't touch on it, but we, we've done studies uh, with a variety of MLB teams where we've been able to correlate to on-field performance with MLB. Um, and all of that research and product development culminated in, in the launch of the product, you know, quite a few years into the development of the company. Um, but we've, so we've been out in the market for about three and a half, four years now. And um, there's, there's certainly still a long way to go. Okay. So we've essentially come to the point of the podcast, which I refer to as rapid fire questions. So these are just, you know, out of the box Uh-oh. questions, uh, keep you on your toes and just let our audience get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? <laughs> awesome. So what is the silliest dare you've ever agreed to? Sure. Um, so this is not really a traditional dare, but a few years ago I started boxing and one of my first days at the gym, I got talked into sparring, which I told myself I was not going to do, uh, because of, because of my job and, and being so, uh, concerned with, uh, kind of neuro performance and neuro health. And, um, I, I ended up with a bloody nose about 10, 15 seconds in. So it was not my, my brightest moment. 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, no. That's, that's all I lasted. <sighs> okay. What item is worth spending more money on? So what's kind of your what kind of splurge? Out of anything. Anything. I, I will not skimp out for good food. Well said. I'm right there with you. Like, you know what? If my tummy is happy... I'm happy. Yep. Is your bed made right now? Always. Always. Hands down. <laughs> Same. Have you read the book, Make Your Bed? No, I have not. I highly recommend it. It's just kind of about more discipline and how starting the day with one simple accomplishment, like making your bed, can kind of carry over into other things. But I'm right there with you. I make my bed and I have to. Okay. What is your favorite nonfiction book? I would say zero to one by Peter Thiel. I don't think I've ever heard of that book. I'm gonna have to research it. it. It's a it's a great book, a great business book about how hard it is to go from nothing to something, essentially zero to one. It's very it's very useful for founders. What are three things that you're grateful for? Only three is tough. Uh, I would say my team um, and the, the, the people who surround me. So I'll extend that to, you know, friends and family and entire support network, as well as the team that we have at reflection and, uh, you know, d- daylight every day and, and the wonderful planet that we're, we're blessed with. Wow. That was so heartfelt. Thank you. <laughs> the wonderful planet. Hey, we're, we're very fortunate here. We very, very much are. Well, thank you. This kind of wraps up the episode. Thanks so much, Anna. It was great to be on the show. Um, you know, wishing, wishing you, you the best and all of the, all of the um, guests to come and uh, talk to you soon.